All right, my name is Trevor. I am the host, at least this week, of All of the Above. Welcome to the All of the Above podcast of the Church of Greer Station, where we could decide what we wanted to talk about, philosophy of ministry, theological issues, books that we've read, or books that Sarah Gilliam has read. Um, so we decided to call it All of the Above. And today we have the great joy and privilege of speaking with Bryce, no, uh, William Bryce Harrison. That's true, but not named after the Williams Bryce that the... Gamecock Stadium is named after. Sure you are, Bryce. Just keep telling yourself that. Go dogs. So, Bryce, um, now that you have me in the mind of murdering you, uh, your last meal, what would, what would it be? If you, uh, if you found out that you were you know, on death row and you got to pick one last meal, what would you choose? I am a proud Marylander, so my last meal would probably be soft-shell crabs. Excellent. Is soft-shell crab, is it like a, like a breed of crab, or is that a way to prepare it? So to you, it? you have to catch the crab at a certain time of year when it's molting, and so mm. it does not have its shell, and you catch it before it can regrow a new shell, and then you batter it and pan-fry it. Interesting. Flour it and pan-fry it. And you can eat it on a sandwich, or you can just eat it by itself, and it's delicious. Get a little Old Bay seasoning on that bad boy? Get a lot of Old Bay seasoning on that bad boy. Let's let's think of one thing that Old Bay would not be wonderful on. I can't think of anything. Exactly. Me neither. Maybe a banana. That'd be kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you... If you if you sliced a banana up like like plantains and fried it and had chips, sprinkled some Old Bay on it, It'd that would be great. But just a raw banana All right, with no. Old Bay. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail everything. That's great. I bet no, if you sliced a banana in two, yep. you kept it in the kept it in the sheath. peel. <laughs> banana sheath. <laughs> keep keep it in the <laughs> in the banana sheath you keep that thing sheathed you slice it in half put some sprinkle some old bay on top of that bad boy and then put it in the oven like 350 for like yeah. 10 minutes yeah i would eat that yeah i would eat it i would eat that so listener your homework is to try old bay bananas and report back to us your findings i think for me my final meal would probably be it'd probably be some kind of seafood shrimp lobster little steak little little sweet potato crunch something like that i think that's probably what i would do surf and turf a little surf and turf yeah turf and surf yep so um, our topic today is to celebrate the fact that Bryce is leading the first church plant of the Church of Greer Station, and uh, Lord willing, at some point this year, uh, Bryce and his lovely bride, Elizabeth, and their two boys will be moving to Halifax, Nova Scotia to begin a work up there, and we wanted to take this episode of All of the Above to, one, celebrate that, two, uh, just to ask us what it looks like for us to support and pray for you guys as you make that transition. And three, just what wisdom Bryce would have for our church and how he might encourage our church to sort of respond to this sending. So tell us, man, how, give us kind of the rundown of like how you even begin to sense that God was calling you to plant a church. And then, and then how did it begin to become, you know, whittled down to Halifax? Yeah, that's great. So, um, so I think it's important to, to kind of note that Calling can look, looks different in different situations for different people. I think we can make the mistake of kind of going into trying to discern a calling by thinking that it's going to look exactly a certain way and in a certain situation, and, and it, it looks different for different people. 
Um, so towards the end of my time in high school, I felt a, a very particular call to um, vocational ministry. Uh, was planning to go to college and study sports medicine and just felt a kind of growing uneasiness with that decision and at the same time felt a yearning to to do missions. Um, the way that it kind of materialized then as a junior in high school was recognizing that uh, there was a vast scope of eternity and my small life on earth was a blip on that radar um, and just thinking why not why not start like living now, uh, you know, kind of sowing, investing into that eternity. Um, and I, and, and decided kind of told my parents I wanted to pursue uh, missionary work. Um, and from that moment just felt no uneasiness about where I was going to go to school, what I was going to study, which I had been wrestling through a lot of angst about what was going to happen after high school. Well, let me ask you, what was your parents, how did they respond to that initially? Well, um, I mean, my dad was a was an army chaplain, so he had he had kind of felt a similar call to missionary work uh, when he was younger. So, so they were, I mean, they were excited about it. Um, and I, when I came to them, it was kind of like, hey, I, I've been trying to fight this for a couple months now, um, and but I don't think I can, I don't think I can fight it any longer. I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and they were super supportive, really encouraged, and said, if that's what the Lord's calling you to do, then then let's change course and stop researching, you know, universities with good, uh, sports medicine programs. And let's find out where we can, where we can go to, um, you know, that has a great Bible, Bible department. Mm. Um, so anyway, that was, that was kind of an initial call to vocational ministry and specifically to missions. Um, but through my time at North Greenville, I kept waiting for the pin to drop on the map of where that was going to be. Had friends who had a specific heart for a particular area around the world. Uh, and I envisioned myself like Indiana Jones bushwhacking my way through a jungle with a Bible somewhere. Um, and just never felt a particular drive to go to Africa or Southeast Asia or South America, which is where everybody else that I knew was going. Um, and I had lived a little bit in Germany and a little bit in Seattle growing up, um, and just felt convicted that there are unreached people in every people group across the world. I knew plenty of unreached people in reached people groups. Um, and then really from there, I would say the way that that calling crystallized was through mentors and other leaders kind of speaking into our life and then more specifically the local church coming alongside and mm. affirming what the Lord was doing in That's us. Good. Well, what about Elizabeth during this process? I know um, you guys met and married shortly after college, but what what um, what about her story kind of leading up to this? What could you summarize maybe her sense of calling or her, you know, how, how did the Lord kind of prepare her to be able to take the step as your, as your wife? Yeah. So she, um, she grew up a little bit on the mission field as well. Uh, her dad was a medical missionary, um, that spent some time in Zimbabwe and in Honduras. Um, and I think when she, when she kind of first went to North Greenville, she wanted to go study media. She did print and broadcast media. Um, and her story of, of her calling through her time in college was really, uh, had had always thought like missionary work probably wasn't necessarily for her um, because she was interested in other things like media, 
Um, and her, her journey was realizing, having kind of the, the doors open to realizing that those two things can go hand in hand and that the Lord can use us and a variety of different skill sets uh, to, to, do, to spread the gospel. Um, and so her time in college was falling in love with the local church and realizing the ways that he had specifically gifted her were also great tools for, for taking the gospel to the nations. Mm. Uh, so right after she graduated, she, she moved up to, uh, to North Carolina to work with a missions organization up there and was really able to, to kind of cut her teeth and what does it look like to use her gifts um, for taking the gospel to the nations um, and developed a lot of skills that will, will serve our church really well as we, as we get ready to plant in Nova Scotia. Um, but that's, that our story was similar in the, in the way that we really fell in love with the local church and realized what an important role the local church has in cultivating, developing, and, and sending young leaders. Uh, if it wasn't for, um, the advice that, that one of my mentors at North Greenville, uh, Dr. Horn took me aside and kind of and spoke very plainly my senior year said, Hey, I know this is the direction you're headed. Um, think it would be great, but I think you're, it's a little short sighted. Um, I think you should, should target something more in this area instead. Uh, and we took that advice seriously. Uh, and then shortly after that, I got an email from the Padres closer, Trevor Hoffman. That's when you hit the, hit the applause button. Yeah, decided to meet with him for coffee, realized he didn't actually pay for the Padres, but he was a young church planter getting ready to start a church in Greer. Uh, and, and Trevor just invited me to come along and hang out with them as they were planting Greer Station. And then it was just kind of over years of, of being with you guys uh, that we, we got to kind of flesh that out a little bit and, and figure out what would that calling look like. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine if you're listening to this, you probably you probably know Bryce very well. I mean, he, as he just said, has been with us basically since day one and has been a meaningful part of our church basically since day one and has, he and his wife have devoted themselves to our church and have been ideal church planning candidates in our minds, you know, for the way that you guys have invested yourself in the church and just allowed yourself to grow. You know, one of the things that we talked about along the way, and I remember having this conversation with you, is there's just no... There's no substitution for time. Like I, I remember hearing some somewhere um, that uh, the Italians like to say one of the key ingredients to making marinara sauce properly is time, and you can't you just can't manufacture that. And it feels like, in some ways, that's kind of the case for church planters. They just they just kind of need time to soak and marinate and just kind of be for a season. And uh, you served, and we were able to invest in you and give you opportunities, but you were also able to just kind of be here. And uh, we got to see you guys grow. We got to see. We got to see firsthand the whittling process, you know, as, as God made Halifax more and more clear. And, um, you know, of course, our church loves you guys and is grateful for you and, uh, you know, thrilled about what God is doing and about the, the next steps that you guys are about to undertake. I think one of the most encouraging things for us that's come out of that time uh, has been the fact that we've gotten to know and love so many different people within the body at Greer Station and people from kind of all cuts of like ages and family size and backgrounds. The fact that we have dear friends that have that we've come to love and have come to love us um, that are all the way from you know retirement age to young newlyweds to families with multiple kids has been a really encouragement to us as we get ready to go plant. Uh, that it's not like hey, my 
I can get a group of friends together mm. that like to hang out, but Hey, we're, we're, we've been poured into and are being, and are loved and being sent by the entirety of the church body has yeah. been a real encouragement. That's good. And I do love the way that it's kind of lined up so that as we've, we've been given this building and that's obviously been a huge piece of our, of our last year and thinking about how God is pressing us down into Greer that kind of as he's pressing us down and giving us roots, he's sending you guys out. We kind of hope that that kind of down, kind of deep down where we're at and wide, we hope that kind of just characterizes who we are. We hope that that's our DNA. Like we're here and we're present and we're rooted, but we're, we're also sending and we're also committed to people going and doing that same thing elsewhere. So we kind of love the, I don't know, the interesting dynamic that this creates. Yeah, and I, and I think we, we talked recently about kind of our ninth covenant commitment is exactly that, Mm. that as we dive deeper, as we build bonds stronger, uh, we do so, so that when we go from this place that we can continue to, to live out and embody our church covenant. Mm. That's good. So what about our church? I mean, how, how can, as you guys make this transition, like, what does it look like for us to, to care for you and support you, um, as you prepare to go, as you do go after you're there, what does it look like in, in, in your mind? Yeah. So, um, I think, so obviously, like we we are support raising right now. So we have we have several members of the church who are kind of joining on as financial partners and giving towards our church plant as we get ready to go. And that's been a huge encouragement, just seeing how quickly the Lord has provided and grown a, a base of financial supporters. Um, but I think the the thing that's often overlooked is kind of that role of rope holding that as we get ready to go out that we have a family, a church family back here that's regularly checking in, that's sending text messages, that's booking flights to come up and see us. Um, we were super encouraged by even Elisa Bridger saying, hey, once you guys are up there, I'm going to buy plane tickets. I'm going to come. Not when there's a VBS going on that I can come serve with, but I'm going to come when I can just watch your kids and let you let you guys go have date nights for a, for a week. Um, just stuff like that. Little ways that the church can stay involved in, hey, we want to stay involved in your lives. We want to stay in touch. And then also what we would love to see is um, for us to get sent out by the church and that not be a time when Greer Station kind of, you know, dusts its hands off and says, well, that work's done, um, mm. but immediately thinks about, um, how do we re you know gear up again? Mm. Um, how do we send out and then immediately reload? Mm. Uh, we would love to see you know a small team of of a few others get ready to come next come join us next year, mm. um, come next summer. And so for for Greer Station to really just not lose that momentum and not lose the focus on the the long term ongoing partnership to to send and reload, send and reload, and maybe you send and reload some to come join us in Halifax. Maybe you send and reload some to go, you know, to the other side of the States. Maybe you send and reload, send some across the ocean. Um, but to just continue to develop and mature in that mindset of, of send, send some out and reload and immediately think, how can we grow and develop others to send? Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And and a a helpful segue into this, this last question, I'd like for you to just encourage our body. Like, what, what do you hope? planting in Halifax. You know, we obviously, we, we want to see you guys establish a church up there. We want to see the Holy Spirit move. We want to see uh, people saved. We want to see lives changed, people transformed into Christ. We want to see all of those things. 
what do you want to see in Greer Station upon your exit? Like, what, what, what do you hope your planting does for us? Yeah, that's great. I think, so we talk a lot about the kind of the importance of the global church. Um, we, we say that we want to make Jesus known here in Greer mm. and to the ends of the earth. And so I think our people love that. I think our people celebrate that. Um, but when you guys send us out to go plant internationally, what I hope that does is I hope that takes that idea of sending, making Jesus known to the ends of the earth and makes it that much more personal. Mm. It's one thing to think about um, missionaries being sent out. It's one thing to think about supporting missionaries on the other side of the globe. It's one thing to kind of cognitively realize that the gospel goes from all places to all places. Um, but what we hope is that when we go out for the church at Greer Station, that's seeing um, people who are bone of your bone and yeah. flesh of your flesh um, taking the gospel to the nations, going internationally. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you can, you may really want to see the the school, you might live in a school district and you're like, man, we really hope that the schools around here improve and get better. Uh, but then when you're sending your child into that school, it's like now there's buy-in. It's like now I'm going to go try to be involved. Like mm. I'm going to get involved at the school because my kid now goes there. Mm. Um, that's kind of what we want to see happen. Um, as much as we love and support and celebrate missionaries that we have, that we are partnering with around the globe, when we have one that we've birthed to yeah, to the nations, yeah. yeah, that 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 is us, that is of us and from us, that it just kind of deepens that buy-in even further. Mm. And I think I'd add to that. I hope that in some ways, people like obviously you guys are stellar, and we want to celebrate you guys. But there's there's also kind of this aspect of like Bryce and Elizabeth are ordinary people that we want to hold out hold out to. You know what I mean? Like we we want people to see you and think in a healthy way. I could do that. Yeah, I could totally do that. Um, that there's a there's a kind of momentum that it gives us as a church that people start to think about themselves in a similar role like Bryce and Elizabeth aren't Indiana Jones you know bushwhacking um they're folks that I know and have known for several years and love and trust and you know what what would it look like if we did the same thing if we uprooted and, and went elsewhere too yeah and yeah people that are really not that much different from us um that that we've kind of grown alongside of we were in you know we were in community community group with these guys we you know played softball with, with Bryce, um, kind of those things. It's like, we, uh, would love to see others, um, see that and just realize that it's, it's plausible and possible. Um, and, and that maybe the Lord is calling them to do the same. Mm, that's really good. What about the people who are listening who aren't of Greer Station? What would you say to them? Any encouragements to them? I would say um, the lesson that I have learned um, maybe most in this journey is how important it is to have a local church in this whole process. Um, maybe you maybe you you don't belong to a local church right now, and you um, feel feel called to to go somewhere to to be a missionary to go spread the gospel. Um, I would say don't skip a step. Um, hmm. Plug in and serve and commit at a local church to be developed and sent out. Um, there's ways that you can short circuit the process and, and go without really being sent. Mm. Um, and just going without being sent feels like it robs not only you of the support system to go, but it really robs the local church of the joy of, mm. of sending you out. Mm. Um, and it's like marinara sauce without time. It's, it's missing a key ingredient. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the mozzarella sticks are like, man, this is really subpar marinara sauce. <laughs> 
Just need some old bay. Yeah, and if anyway. and if you're listening to this and you and you don't necessarily have a call to have a call to missions, um, but um, I, I would still just elevate and emphasize the the importance mm. of the local church. Mm-hmm. That it's good. That it's beautiful. That it's it's worth belonging to. Um, and that the church loves the nations. It loves everyone. Um, there's no greater diversity to be found. There's no greater cause to belong to um, than the cause of seeing people from from all over the world, mm. from every tribe and tongue and nation, united by nothing other than the blood of Jesus. Um, and that's the kind of love and unity that that we want to see fostered and developed. And it's found in it's found in Jesus's church. Mm. That's right on. Man, this has been really good, really encouraging. Are there any ways that people can, um, what would be some ways that people could read more about uh, your plans or, or kind of keep up with your updates? What were some? What would be some ways that people could keep in contact with you guys? Yeah, we've got a, um, we have an ongoing uh, like monthly newsletter that we're sending out. Um, if you have, if you want to reach out to us and contact us, you can on on Greer Station's website. Uh, there is a page that's specifically devoted to Mission HRM, um, and you can reach out to us that way. My contacts on there, um, but yeah, we have a monthly newsletter that we're sending out um, just to kind of keep people in in the loop as we're going. Um, Social media. Yeah, um, we do have a social media page that Hannah Squires is running for us. Uh, it's on Instagram. I believe it's mission underscore HRM on, on Instagram. Um, so you can keep in touch that way as well. Um, but we, we would just love for people to, to keep us in their prayers. Um, you can rejoice that we actually just signed a lease on a house in Halifax, which is really encouraging because the housing market is so bad there right now, but the Lord has graciously provided for mm. us a house. Mm. Um, and then one kind of pressing prayer request that I would ask people to just keep in mind is I've been really trying to think about how to capitalize on this season in parenting. Um, mm. Something that I think was really formational in me was um, my parents just from an early age saying, um, hey, we move where the army sends us because dad has a call to minister to, to soldiers and their families. Um, and so we're not just moving because the army's told us to, but we're moving because we love Jesus and that's what Jesus' people do. Um, and I really want to kind of press impress that deeply at Coleman and Gilbert, in Coleman and Gilbert, even at you know two and four years old to just grow up uh, knowing that that's just kind of the reality is that Jesus calls us to do things and we we do it because we love him. Man, that's good. Yeah, that's right on. Uh, it's a great note to end on. Um, there's no better cause. There's no greater There's no greater person to give ourselves to and devote our lives to than Jesus. Um, and we're about making him known here in Greer and, uh, and there in Halifax, Nova Scotia. By God's grace, may, may he grant you, you guys decades of ministry and fruitfulness and longevity and ministry up there. Amen and go Moose Go.